you are now tuned in to Cup of Grind with Jada D. This is your daily dose of what's real in entrepreneurship. This podcast is intended for the new business owner, the person with a really good idea but not sure where to begin, and that person working at a job dreaming of the day that they can work for themselves. It's grind time. What's up, what's up, what's up? It's your girl Jada D, and this is another cup of grind. My guest today is a hilarious marketing genius, and it's also a really good friend of mine. I'm speaking of none other than Mr. Brand Responsibly himself, Mr. Jaron Collins. He is a proud Sooner and native of North Tulsa, Oklahoma. He graduated from the University of Oklahoma with a bachelor's in business administration and entrepreneurship, and later a master's in human relations. He currently lives in Dallas, Texas, where he's a proud owner of JCI Creatives, LLC. JCI Creatives is a creative services firm that specializes in photography, video production, graphic design, brand management, and so much more. JCI Creatives was started when Jaren noticed a disparity of quality African-American imagery in media and advertisement. Listen, I'm not going to speak much more on his bio. I want you to hear his story from the man himself. We're going to be speaking on all the things that are real in business and entrepreneurship to make sure you have your pen and paper ready stay locked and loaded for the real let's get to it check it out hey jaren i know you got a lot of titles but make sure you add producer music producer to my uh resume my real my bio because my intro is lit okay thank you you. (laughs) don't put that under your bio it's gonna be Music producer, extraordinaire, podcast, leader of the century, all of that. Yep. And you're going to do the music video. Hey, Hello. Oh, hi, Williams, this thing. <laughs> Absolutely. But what's up? What's up? It's your girl, Jada D, with another Cup of Grind podcast episode. And I'm here with none other than Mr. Brand Responsibly himself, Jaron Collins. What's going on, man? Good, man. You know, I'm blessed just to be here, just to be in the land of the living, not to be too churchy today, but <laughs> man, it's all good. Right. So just for y'all to, I just want you all to know that this is our second go round trying to do this, but it's fine though. It's all right. It, it, it's you all know, right. it don't always go perfect the first time around. Sometimes you got to give it a second shot. It was nothing me or you did, just a little technical difficulties, you know. I mean, so but we're gonna work it out. We're gonna get through. And and I'm sure you've experienced difficulties, technical difficulties, a lot in your profession oh absolutely so do you have any like story where i'm sure it wasn't funny like in the beginning but now it's kind of funny now of oh, a technical difficulty of a technical difficulty um you know so I, i'm not gonna lie to you i try to avoid um those situations as best i can uh, because the way my pocketbook is set up typically when you have a technical difficulty it means it's gonna cost you some money but I, yeah actually a, a story does come to mind um so for me and this is how i got to that point of avoiding these technical difficulties it was one day that i was in uh dc this is my first time in dc actually where i was shooting for a, a, a very large client we were doing a really big event activation so we were doing photo video you know holding it down team was real strong and i was i had like my little hard drive out and i was editing and and throwing stuff on the hard drive and just being super efficient like i usually am um and i put the hard drive in my backpack and was moving on to the next thing and you know wasn't thinking about it um and then came back later and tried to put my hard drive in the computer put it in it wouldn't read nothing would happen it wouldn't come on it wouldn't show up nothing hard drive did and i'm putting my hand on it the hard drive's ticking it's still working but it wouldn't it wouldn't boot up at all so i'm panicking because this is all everything that we've done this weekend is on this single hard drive um because i've i've downloaded it here to back it up thankfully i had the stuff still on the camera so i was able to go back and get it but this hard drive crashed uh and at that time i had stuff on that hard drive from some like heavy hitting events like i had i had just shot for diddy i had just did some other stuff uh for a couple of other big name clients like and so like my stuff was on here that i needed like this was like resume building like life offers of my my whole business on a hard drive somewhere um and so it crashed it did not work at all so i you know after i cried uh, very openly <laughs> in front of all of my people. 
Um, then I finally had to like, let me get my head on straight and figure out like what happens next. So I got back, uh, to Dallas, you know, and I was just the whole time, like, man, what's going to happen if I can't get this hard drive to work? Like, well, you know, you go through the whole, the motions and you, you, you know, praying and crying. And I started to fast a little bit so I could feel a little better about myself. But, um, eventually I got to, uh, a, a guy here in Dallas, um, who owns, a like a tech store it's like a tech repair store and so he was like well i can't fix it and so then i cried again um but he said but i know somebody who could and so i took it to them and so two things happened that are that i'm going to speak to entrepreneurs about that you should have prepared uh so he took it to his next guy his next guy came back and said we can fix it we're gonna have to take it to a clear room it's gonna cost you about 1200 bucks to get it back he said is the stuff that's on there worth $1,200 to you. And I thought to myself, well, you know, I got this gig on there. I got a, a wedding on there that by itself, if I had to refund them all their money, it's going to be $2,500. Um, and so I was like, well, <laughs> is the cost to not give them their stuff going to be bigger than the cost to fix this web, this hard drive? Yes. So I had to go fix a hard drive. Now, this is where something key came in that I think most entrepreneurs, especially small business entrepreneurs, miss out on. I had insurance. Um, and I did not realize that business commercial insurance covers accidental loss or damage to hardware, technical failures, things of that nature. So I went ahead and did it. Somebody told me, hey, you should check on your insurance. Um, and I, I did. And they were like, yeah, we'll cover it up to a certain amount. You got to pay your deductible, but we'll cover the rest of it. And so it ended up working out. So what I thought was going to cost me thousands of dollars only cost me like 500 bucks. It was an L, but it was definitely a learning experience. And so I, now I keep like two, three hard drives. I back them up double time, mm -hmm. you know, so I'll never have to go through that again. And I got, you know, some really ironclad insurance that's supposed to, you know, help you that, uh, help me from that. Cause the insurance I had at the time when I had the failure ended up dropping me because of it. But, <laughs> uh, but, you know, these were lessons that I learned along the way that I'm, I'm telling y'all now. So I went through that. So y'all ain't got to go through that. Uh, so, you know, when you're starting that business up, when you finally got clientele, you finally get some cash flow, get insurance. It's cheaper to keep insurance than it is to pay for those accidents and mistakes. So, yeah. So being in a creative um, industry and having a creative um, type of business, did you just got a general business insurance or did you get any, anything specific to your industry? So the first policy I got, I actually got through uh, State Farm and it was it was like a they don't have like a general business insurance like it is, but it's not because when you get the actual policy, it says something about like fire and casualty or something like like something weird. So I was like, does this really work? And then when they cut the check, I was like, all right, you know, no more questions. <laughs> but uh, now I'm actually with Travelers um, through another agent and that's a general it's like a general commercial policy and what you'll find out as a as a small business owner is that when you work with a lot of these bigger businesses so like i've, I've had an opportunity to work with you know lexus toyota um american heart association and when you work with these big bigger businesses they expect you to have insurance because they thinking to themselves like if you mess this up you have to pay for it so because we're not covering we're not liable so uh so yeah they expect you to have you know a million dollar policy in commercial general liability and then you have to put them on as you know, an additional insurance so that they're covered too, you know, uh, for this, then the third. And so a lot of times that'll be their requirement just for you to get in the door before you can even do the job. Um, and so that was one thing that was an eye opener for me when it came to insurance. Like I literally, when they first told me that, I was like, I don't have that. Where am I going to get it? <laughs> and thankfully the person who told me was a friend of mine. So she was like, I know, go over there. Like, <laughs> And so I got it worked out, but you know, that's something that you kind of got to keep, keep an eye on as you're, as you're working. Yeah, definitely. And in my nine to five, we actually um, work with, I work in the media production industry in my nine to five, and I'm working with freelancers quite a bit on different projects. And that's absolutely a requirement before we, before we even consider them for our, our big clients for their, cause we do a lot of um, crewing, video crewing around the world and mm. so before we consider them at all um as a contractor you are absolutely right that million dollar policy is essential and that, a lot of times they ask us well why is it having a million but we keep it as a general because that is the the standard when you go into bigger clients as you know so we just kind of yeah. want want to prepare them for just the standard so that anyone that we send them to they're prepared for so at least you yeah. learned you learned yeah. that like 
to have a million dollars in coverage ain't ain't super expensive. Like it's like maybe five hundred five hundred bucks a year. So it's like you gonna pay fifty dollars a month. You I mean you might as well get a million. You know you you should be in line. So it's like you thinking like oh this is gonna be this big tedious thing, but it's like. In, in, in the grand scheme of things, this is small potatoes. If somebody's asking you for that policy, they're probably going to pay you more than enough to cover that and then some. Uh, so it's kind of like a cost to do a business that you almost need to do. Uh, on the flip side, though, I mean, if y'all hiring people for the crew, you know, JCI uh, does photography and production uh, whenever you need it. <laughs> I got <laughs> Young you. Shameless. No, I got you. <laughs> I got you. I got you for sure. So, like, take us back. So let's rewind back. So... How did you get started? You know, I know you to be um, a super creative guy. I know you as a videographer, as a creative director, as a photographer. Um, but how did you get your start? Like, did, were you always in a creative space? Did you go to college for this? Tell us your story. Uh, so it all started when I was about seven years old. Uh, you know, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm playing, but I'm serious. <clears throat> but but seriously, it did start when I was young. Like I knew I loved creativity. I've always been creative. You know, I spent time as a child making lightsabers and things out of tongue depressors for my mom's job, like building stuff out of connects. I sketched a lot. I used to get in trouble. I went to a Catholic school. I used to get in trouble for sketching breasts because I would draw pictures of Jennifer Love Hewitt uh, and uh, Tyra <laughs> Banks all the time. I, I, was, I was going ham. And, uh, and I used to think that was pretty good too. But um but yeah, so I, I had always had creativity in me. The irony was I never knew creativity was a career. I didn't know you can make money doing that stuff. I just enjoyed doing it. Like when I was sketching back as a child, I just enjoyed sketching. I was drawing Dragon Ball Z characters. My pen was tearing the paper up, trying to draw Goku. Like it was just, but it was just fun for me because I enjoyed being able to do that. Had I known then what I know now, I, that would have always been my path. But ironically, I went to school for engineering um, and I, I made it through about three years of college doing engineering. And, uh, and what happened was, and this is, you know, kind of, kind of a guy thing, but I couldn't get a job. I was three years in, had never had an internship. My GPA was like a two, like a two nine, like it wasn't, I wasn't, you know, good. I wasn't terrible. The irony was, it's like, I wasn't terrible by engineering standards, by engineering standards. If you got a 3.0 or above, you're a golden boy, you know, um, you got a two nine, you know, they can probably manage with you at most places. Um, but I wasn't able to land a job. So I was like, all right, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Um, and then I went, I had a frat brother, you know, um, he hit me up and he was like, you know, well, I know you, you're struggling. So pull up on me, you know, in the summer, you can work at the radio station. And like a lot of creatives I know now have gotten their start. I worked at a, at a radio station in Oklahoma. Um, they taught me how to do graphic design. They taught me how to do web design. And this is back before, you know, gra graphic design now is like a hobby. Like people do graphic design now, you know, everybody kind of got an eye, you know, back then it was like two people in our area who was really designing. Right. Um, and then, it, and, you know, over the years, then it started to grow up and it was three people and then it was five. And then now everybody named mama is a photographer, designer, whatever. But um, mm, so back shade. then I was learning. That was a little shade there, but okay, continue. It was a piece of shade. I love it. I love it. <laughs> But, you know, sometimes kind of people, that's something we can talk about on another question. But, you know, sometimes people got to figure out how to create their own lane. We, we can touch on that later. Um, but, yeah, so, um, he, you know, I learned those skills and I, I, I liked design uh, and I thought it was dope. I still do graphic design to this day. And people don't really know that because it's not that's not one skill that I promote a lot. Ironically, I do graphic design more for my corporate clients than anything. I probably do more graphic design work for corporate clients than anybody else, uh, which I think is super ironic because I literally never like promote that out there. But um, when I was doing it, man, I was I was making flyers for the station and I noticed it was an underrepresentation of black people and, and stock images and on Google. I was never able to find the look that I wanted for my flyers. And so I was like, well, you know what? I done hustled up a little coin, you know, working on campus and I didn't, I didn't, you know, got a, got a little in the bank. I said, let me go ahead and, you know, see if I can get a camera. So I actually got a little, little deal. You know, I had a homeboy who made a gift card fall off a truck. Don't, don't tell nobody I told y'all that, but, um, I went out and got a camera. It was a Canon rebel T it was probably a T two I. So like, I think now the T seven just dropped for the Canon rebel, but it was a T two I, uh, back in 2009. 
in April. And I, I got that camera. And the first day I got that camera out the box, I went out, I shot a probate and I literally never looked back. I've been shooting nonstop ever since. I've loved every minute of it. And it's funny because I wasn't trying to be a photographer. I was doing it to supplement my designs, but I love photography so much that I kept going, you know, and I kept growing and it was just, it was a, it was a hunger um, that I had never felt before. So the, uh, the irony was, you know, I did photography for probably, I think that was what my sophomore year, I did it up until my junior year, still an engineering major, still trying to hold my head high. I was a Nesby student, you know, trying to make it in this world. Um, then about the end of, um, about the end of, you know, my junior year, I was like, yeah, I can't do this no more. I was sitting in a, in a uh, calculus class and they started talking gibberish. And I, I, uh, I took a pretest and the pretest came back. I got a 10 on the pretest, wow. uh, out of a, out of a hundred. And so I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm good. I'm good on this. And so I ended up switching my major, got into entrepreneurship. And when I tell you everything from that point on went up, I graduated, uh, from my, from my business class, business school, I graduated with a three, eight, I ended up getting a master's master's degree, got a 4.0. And I had to remind myself that I wasn't crazy. I wasn't dumb because, <laughs> because engineering had me in there struggling, but that was a necessary thing because it got me to creatives and I would never have gotten the opportunity to kind of get back in that beeline. I would have never found out that creatives could be a career, you know, had I not had that struggle. And so, you know, out of those ashes rose the Phoenix and then I almost 10 years later, JCI Creatives is paying my bills full-time, you know, six-figure business that's, you know, making it happen for me every day. So All right it's now, like, that's a word. Hello? Yeah, <laughs> that's a word. When I want to uh, piggy, I want to go back to, um, to kind of mention part of my story. Um, you know, when you mentioned radio, I, what you experienced in, you know, kind of getting your start in the creative space through radio is what I encourage to, to this day, I still encourage like new graduates or people that are in entry level roles that are looking realizing that what they're doing is not what they want to do. And they really want to do something maybe in media or create. I'm like, if you can get into if you can get something in a radio, like because in radio, they're going to stretch you and they're going to use you wherever they can find fit. Like if it's where there's promotions or if it's, you know, like you said, graphics was a thing of like what they were really pushing in the past. But like. I tell people that all the time because I got my start in radio. Um, it's crazy to hear me say like 17, 18 years ago, considering how old we are, but it's that's what it was. I like, I'm like, yeah. damn, that's damn. <laughs> like 17, 18 yeah. years ago. I mean, but yeah, I was a team. I I was a member of one of the co-hosts of a team radio show on a on a a well-known um station. In my, in my hometown of Memphis, shout out to K97 and On Point, um, our team radio show. And from there, I went and to get a communications degree. But for me, I was like, I'm going to be on the radio. And then I realized I really like to be behind the scenes. And I was yeah, like, dang, yeah. I kind of like being behind the scenes. And then I went and got an MBA because, of course, I graduated during the recession. And it was like, uh, you need to either get a MBA or a law degree. And I'm like, more school? Because, like, for me, I was over it. I was done, done. And I went, you know, for me, your experience with, like, calculus and all that, I got all of that in my master's program because I, mean, I, I literally was – so it was, like, opposite. Like, my undergrad was love. I mean, it was creative. Like, I, I, all my classes were fun, all that. I went and got an MBA. Listen, I don't discourage nobody from getting a master's degree, but you got to know exactly why you're getting it. Don't do like me. Like, I got it because they told me I needed to get it. They was like, you're not going to get no job. You need to get an MBA or a law degree or you're not going to get no job because we're in a recession. I struggled. Like, thank God for yeah. my neighbor, okay? That's the only way I passed. Like, literally, the person sitting next to me is what I mean. Whoever was sitting next to me yeah. when we took a test. <laughs> like, this this one got me. Hey, I, they told me in engineering, if you ain't cheating, you ain't fine. Listen. So, you clearly didn't want <laughs> Wow. And I, I was the same way in grad school. Grad school for me was a necessary evil, not because I needed that degree, because we don't even talk about that today. It has nothing to do with, I, with what I do with my life mm -hmm. now, you know, at least not to a large extent. Um, but I needed it because I needed the GPA. My GPA was, my GPA in business school was great, you know, because I loved my classes. I did a good job. But because I spent three years in engineering tanking it, you know, I had to, it didn't look great on paper. 
So then I had to go prove myself and say, look, here's this 4.0, you know, now give me the money. What's right. <laughs> uh, so it's like you, some, some of those things are necessary evils. That's my feeling about college in general. I think college is good for the right type of people. I don't think college is necessary. So, uh, so here's my, you know, and it, this is probably going to bite me in the butt 20 years from now, but <laughs> knowing what I know now as a full-time entrepreneur, who's somebody who's living in their passion, my thought process around college is follow your passion first, especially coming out of high school, because the reality is you're young enough to bounce back if it doesn't work out and college is going to be there for you. But I think to our community specifically, college is pushed as this escape. Like, oh, you can go to college to escape these hardships and to escape all of these you know, roles. And, oh, yeah, go to college, get a get a degree in you know engineering because you're going to make a ton of money. And that way you'll be able to be, you know, savior of your community. But for me, engineering wasn't a fit. They told me, oh, you got good scores in math and science. I struggled like it wasn't because it wasn't what was right for me. It wasn't me looking out for what are my messages? Because the reality is when you really pour into your passion, you're going to make the money. You know, if you're really serious about what you're getting into, if you really gonna are willing to do the work, if you're dogged about what you're doing like the money's gonna come so don't let that be the motivator don't let that be the reason you go get a a master's degree or you know even go get a college degree because the reality is you're gonna be working yourself to death for something that you're really not invested in and a lot of times you're creating debt on top of that so you sitting out here you know saying i'm green and i'm coming out 60 grand in debt now you're a new slave so what was really the point of that because now you're working hella hard at a job you don't enjoy so that you could pay back this debt well you could have you could have came out of high school debt free still got that same job you didn't enjoy and it been stacking up and saving so that you can go out and do your passion like they're just it's like they they don't give you the full the full roads like there are a lot of different ways you can get to success if you look at a lot of the most successful people in this world they either didn't go to college or didn't finish college but they still got there if you look at a lot of successful people i was watching this is gonna be random but i was watching ellen degeneres stand up on on netflix and you know a lot of people told ellen no they were like oh well you don't fit the typecast because you're a lesbian you don't fit this because you're that you know whatever whatever she still got there because she didn't give up on the work if you're willing to do the work and get into the game you're gonna be fine like you're gonna make it you know whether there's college or not you know it's it's about am i willing to get get it done you know you listen to diddy you listen to any of these people like before they talk about oh well i went to the university of blase blah like people don't know you know diddy was out at howard pushing pushing you know flyers and stuff like that whatever whatever they know that diddy, diddy was on his grind diddy was on his work you know so for me college had benefits because it put me in a line with a network of great people um i probably wouldn't have that same network if i didn't go to my university i'm i'm thankful for it um and it, it definitely put me in position i probably wouldn't have met my business had i not gone but knowing what i know now i know for my generations after me i'm gonna be like hey Here's some of the tools of, of, of what I got when I bumped my head. Here's how you mitigate some of those things going forward so we can be more successful. College can be for you. It, it may be for you depending on where you want to be, but you really need to be forward thinking and visual. Like in 20 years, where am I wanting to be? You know, am I wanting to be at work doing X, Y, and Z, or am I wanting to work for myself putting on the grind? Because if that's the case, which it was for me, I should have been doing that coming out, coming out of high school and just gone ahead taking that risk when I when I had nothing to lose. Now I got, you know, now we all got debt and things to things to think about. It makes your decision making process Ooh. a little bit different. So I'm sorry, I'm just trying to pick myself up off of the floor because you, <laughs> I feel attacked. But you are absolutely right. Like I hope y'all are taking notes, man. Like all of that, like all of that, like amazing. I'm over here, like yes. <laughs> I was trying to keep it in so they, could, I was trying to keep it in because they could, so they could hear what you were saying. But yeah everything you said absolutely on point and you know just to add one little nugget to that is that i was raised um by serial entrepreneurs and ironically enough because of our culture because of our community and the generations in which we've been raised i was still encouraged to go to college and get a degree um still encouraged to do that i now they always encourage multiple streams of income but i could have done I have no regrets, but I definitely see that there was a path for me that did not require college. But like you, I completely agree 100 percent that college was very essential in my journey because it built those relationships that I needed. Anybody ask me to this day, I tell you, I got absolutely nothing out of my MBA other than saying I have one. 
that's the first thing because I I remember not one class but emotional intelligence class the second thing is though but my undergrad I have some invaluable relationships that I could not have paid for that I have business owners that we will continue to hear on other episodes of the podcast and people that have poured into me and supported anything and everything that I've done have come from the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga. So I'm thankful for going to UT Chat. I'm thankful for my undergrad education, but the, but the degree itself, you know, you know, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's experiential. Like you, you get what you pay for, but I think more than anything, amount of being present like had I not been present in that experience I wouldn't be the man I, I am today I wouldn't have grown up the way I am college definitely yeah. grows you up and that's a necessary getting you out the house getting you that experience is life changing life altering but beyond that like when it comes to careers and stuff like that like you figure you don't figure your career out until you actually get out to the real world and start doing it you know a lot of times your first job is entry level position somewhere that mm-hmm. you ain't even really feeling and then now you kind of know oh well this is what I like what I dislike then you go on and do the next job where you're like all right this is where it's, it's gonna fit or you you know do the next couple jobs so I mean you know it, it is it's different strokes for different folks I think is what it comes down to at the end of the day but you have to you know I, I just wish that we would teach our children to be more forward thinking at a young age like what do you really want yeah. it to look like because you know I knew I knew when I was a child I wanted wow. to be an entrepreneur you know I have a family of I was influenced by my grandfather. And so I knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. What I did not know was that I could do that at any time. Um, So I've been fortunate in my in my adult life to have been a part of, you know, some different programs where we've got kidpreneurs who are, you know, they they creating and selling furniture at, you know, 12 years old. They're, you know, making bracelets and doing things online. And or, you know, I got I got a homegirl who's got a brother who makes money doing, um, doing video game tutorials on YouTube. So it's like opportunities out there. And so I think had I had that influence and understanding at a young age, then, you know, things might've been very different. So now I'm very vigilant about how I, I spread that message to other people. Don't wait. You know, when you're young, you ain't got no debt. You ain't got nobody expecting a phone bill. Your mom pay your phone bill. Like go out there and try it while you 18, 19, 21, you know, and then if you fail, you get up and get a job. And if you succeed, you become a millionaire by 23. You know, what is, so what are your, what are your real, you know, goals? But don't nobody tell you that. Nobody yeah. puts that in your And ear. that's why, you know, I think that platforms like this are so important to say those things. And then this is why I also think I really love when I see our peers going, speaking to the middle school and high school students, letting them know, look at me. If I can do it, you can do it. Like you can actually do it. And I think that's, it's super important and it's vital. Wow. So we spoke on all the good things, all the, the, the great things that you can do well and things like that. But let's get real, because that's what we do on the Cup of Grind podcast. We keep it real. Ooh, so okay. what about Jaren? Okay. What have you done that's got into your own way? Like, what are the mistakes you know you've made that you probably don't want to admit um, that have caused you to kind of be stagnant and or not reach the level of success that you know you're capable of reaching? So this is a tough question because I have to bear out all my whole soul uh, on this podcast. I think the most recent thing I did to get in my way was I fell off of ATV. Uh, <laughs> so um, so that that comes in, you know, a couple couple ways. I think that things that get in my way as, a, as an entrepreneur are not guarding my body. Um, and that's not even because of the ATV. Actually. That's taking care of your health, taking care of your mental you know, not not guarding your mind on a daily basis. You know, comparison from other people will bog you down. That's, you know, not eating well, not realizing that my body is not just a temple, but it's actually my main source of income. And my health is should be forthright for how I, I manage my day to day. Because it's not like, you know, working full time where you got a health insurance policy and they'll show up at your house if you need it to. It's like I got to pay these bills in the event that something does go awry, which means it creates more problems functionally for me, for my business, for my flow of business, um, all of those types of things. And then, uh, you know, other other things that come along is, you know, biting off too much more than you can chew, you know, time management processes, not having right processes in place or not observing processes. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a lot of things that will functionally kind of weigh you down and wear and tear you when you're uh, running a business, things that you don't really think about um, or expectations that you don't, you don't set out to understand ahead of time. Um, I think the the thing about owning a business and running a business um, is that you have to be adaptable because as those things come to you, come to a fruition for you, 
you don't get to say, I can't handle this. You don't get to say, oh, I can't, I can't do this. You know, the IRS sends you a letter in the mail for $9,000. You don't get to be like, I ain't got it. You have to figure out what happens next and how do I manage that? You know, you break your arm, you don't get to sit down and say, you know what? I can't take pictures anymore. You have to figure out how can I take pictures with my left hand? Mm. (laughs) So um, it's, you know, it's a little bit different situation, uh, you know, once you get into that space. I think it's all it's all I mean it's all men absolutely you know so you know you're working on a daily basis you are gonna figure out how to take pictures with your left hand and all that you're gonna master that but what keeps you motivated <laughs> um I think what keeps me motivated is is thoughts of the future you know um so one of the things I I told my mom at a very young age was that I want my name to mean something you know, there's some there's some names out here in this world that if I spout them off right now, you're gonna be like, oh, I know exactly who that is. Oh, oh, they did great. Oh, they did, you know, they impacted blah blah blah. Oh, they changed the game in this, or oh, they were working with that. So for me, I've always wanted my name to mean something, you know. Uh, so I think about, you know, 20 years down the line, like when I'm sitting at home with the family and surrounded by my boys, and we all looking back over our lives, like was my life impactful? You know, did I do anything that was worth talking about? You know, when I'm in my in my casket heading to my grave, what are they going to say about me? Is it going to be, oh, you know, Jaren was cool. He was a funny guy. You know, he owned a photography business once, you know, and then he fell off. Or is it going to be, you know, Jaren was, was, was doggedly into his craft, man. He did it to the fullest. He did it to the end. He grew it up. Like, we were just awestruck by how, you know, great what he did came out to be, whether it be, you know, me and creatives or me and, you know, growing commercial real estate or whatever, whatever it may be, you know, it's a, it's a, a desire to do it in excellence so that it continues to grow, to be larger than myself. You know, I'd like to be able to, you know, have an impact on economic development within my community. You know, in Dallas, I want people to be able to have jobs because, you know, what I'm doing with my business warrants me being able to hire folks on full time. Um, it was a time when I was at a networking event and I was listening to a young lady talk, I take that. Yeah. I was listening to an older woman. I call her young, but she's an older woman um, talk. And she was talking about how, you know, I'm just so grateful because my business, you know, has 10 employees. That means that, that off of the strength of what I've built, I'm now feeding 10 households, you know, 10 tips are now living They've got medical benefits. They are taking care of their kids. They're sending their kids to private school based off of what I built. And she was talking to another man, um, and he was like, he was, she was like, and you know, I know that that means probably nothing to you because you own a business that's you know 100 plus employees. And he was like, he was like, no, I think it all counts. But you know, I, I think that we have to look at it like that. Like, wh- what is my life impacting? Now, it may it may be that I have 10, 20 employees and I'm, I'm able to do that. And that's great. Or it may be that, you know, I have seasonal workers, but I'm able to give my knowledge back that impacts somebody's life to help them grow and help them expand. You know, that's still very impactful to me. So for me, it's always been about what do I leave behind? You know, who, who, who do I touch? Who do I impact? I'm very people oriented. And, um, and so, you know, from the family that I've been and the crop that I've come from, you know, that's always the mentality is, you know, what what is the legacy? What is the Collins name going to mean? And so that's really been my motivator. That's, just over that's super years. important. Like I and I definitely can understand and agree. Like I definitely was raised in a family that, you know, that legacy, the name, the reputation, the generational wealth, all of that really does matter. So and I think um, as a community, people that may not have been thinking that way before are definitely shifting their mindset to think think that way more so now that for whatever reason a lot of people are waking up and seeing um that they really we really got to take care of us so that's really important i i definitely agree with you on that i think the reason people are waking up now is because we're starting to realize as a community that we can't settle for what's handed to us we have to take ownership of it now you know, and as black folks, it's, you know, a lot of American history was what was done to us. You know, we were, you know, slaves. And after we were slaves, we were, you know, sharecroppers. And we were this, that, and it just goes on and on and on of the things that happened to us until finally we're free, but we're not really free. You know, it's like you're free with an asterisk. And then, 
okay, now you're free, but, you know, in the back of our minds, we all remember slavery. We all remember the things. So for our community in itself, we're now turning the corner where it's like, okay, you know, aside from all that, we need to learn for ourselves how to stand on our own two feet and really build that legacy in that community. Like, because I think now we're starting to recognize what Black excellence really is and that we really have been, you know, the the thermostat and not the not the thermometer in a lot of situations. And so now that we're, re- we're realizing that, recognizing that, and now, now that we're taking ownership of that uh, in this time right. and in this climate, now we're seeing that, hey, if we operate in excellence, things change for us. And then we can't lean on those same excuses. Like if we, if we motivate ourselves and our people, if we keep ourselves accountable and we hold ourselves to a certain standard, things change. And so I think that that's what's why we've seen such a shift in mindset uh, this go around. What are three myths that you want to clear up about entrepreneurship? Hmm, I like this. What assumptions have people made about you being a business owner? I don't know if I have three myths, but I could definitely clear some things up. Uh, so one one myth that immediately came to mind is that, and this is the entrepreneurs specifically, but it's the myth that you're always going to be broke when you start out. Okay. I think that I think that is very is very true for some. It's just not true for everybody. So a lot of people think, you know, when I start entrepreneurship and I start a business and I quit my job and I do this, that, and the third, you know, I, the lights are going to cut off the next day. That this was my fear when I was quitting my job. I thought as soon as I quit that job, they were going to cut my lights off and put me out my apartment. He doesn't have the ability to pay these bills. He can't stay here. It's done. Um, and that's a myth. It's not true. The reality was, even if I quit my job and I somehow didn't pay the rent. I at least had 30 days to vacate. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the, the lights stay on, they'll let you get a late fee for at least three months before, you know, before they do anything. Uh, they just going to crew them fees and, and up that bill. Um, but the, the reality was if that, that is a myth. If you do it the right way and you're diligent, diligent about how you build your clientele and how you follow up with folks and what you're doing in your business. If your product costs enough, if you like, there's a whole bunch of factors that go into the successes and failures of a build of a business. Um, then, then you can be successful. For me, I started building clientele before I quit the job, and I knew like this is about how much money I need to make a month so that I keep these lights on. So the first day I quit my the first month I quit my job, I actually made probably two three more. Two three thousand dollars more than my take home salary the first month after quitting my job. Wow! So I was actually making more money self employed than I was at my full time job, and my fear was that I would never match the amount of money that I was making at my full time job. Uh, so the reality is, if you're if you position yourself right and you play it smart, then yeah, you can be successful straight out the gate. Uh, and then the, the other reality is that if you don't, you can struggle. And then the other reality is that if you do, you can also struggle. It just, it just depends on how you want to, how you want to do it, but the possibility is there. Uh, so that's one, one myth I want to clear up. I think the second myth that I like to tackle and clear up is that all small business puts particularly black business, all of them are not run the same. And all of them are not jank. You know, I think uh, an argument I get to, into on Facebook often is how black businesses don't carry themselves in the same way that other businesses are. You know, either it's either they they you know want more money, but they're not given the same quality product or it's that, you know, their their processes and services are just not up to par because they're not, you know, offering the same amount of customer service, you know. And so. <clears throat> On that one, I think it's a little twofold. I think so. First, I think it's cultural. You go into any any business, you go to an Asian business, blah blah blah. Things are run by culture and how the, how the culture mm-hmm. operates. You know, nobody questions a nail salon and how they operate because this is how you, the expectation of that culture. It's the same thing with Black folks. We lean on a very you know, hey, that's my that's family, that's friend. We got a very relational culture about how we operate about one another in general. So if you're my friend, I'm take care of you. If you're not, if you're not, I'm still gonna take care of you. But you know, I'm prioritizing things a little differently. And that's, I'm not saying that's a good thing, but that is a part of the culture of running business as a black black human being. The reality is though that it's not like that everywhere. So for me, you know, while I am not perfect, I will never say I'm perfect. As you as you may know, <laughs> um, I will say <laughs> I will say that in the in the beginning of running my business, even now, I try to put systems in place so at least I can 
you know, hold, hold fast to some sort of standard and create expectations. That's actually what created a lot of success for me in the beginning. And, you know, people used to say to me, like, wow, I've never worked with a photographer who told me I, I was going to get my photos back in a week and I got my photos back in a week. Or, wow, I've never had somebody shoot my event and they got my photos back to me the next day or, or you know, two days later. You know, I usually have to hunt my photographer down. Oh, I usually have to call, call, call. Oh, I usually have, I got that so many times. And that's what got my buzz out because I was I was doing something that other people weren't doing just in being able to do what I say I was going to do in the time I said I was going to do it. My professor told me that five years ago, he said, the key to success is not working harder than anybody. It's not, you know, working smarter than anybody. He said, it's not, it's not any of that. He said, it's literally showing up. He said, they say something to you freshman year that no, none of y'all listen to. He said, if you want to pass this class, he says, 70% of you guys won't pass this class. And it's because you're not going to come to class. It's because you're not going to do the work. He said, the other 30% of y'all, just by showing up every day and doing the homework, you're going to pass this class, you'll be fine. He said, but it's 70% of people who just not going to go that extra mile to do what's necessary to get the A. You know, and it's the same thing in the real world. A lot of times when you're working with businesses, I've seen it time and time again with clients, with other vendors that I work with. People are just that. They're people. They're human. And so sometimes they show up 100% and it's like, wow, they were dope. And other times it's like, whoo, I got I got 30% today. Like, you, you got to, you know, you got to work on this. But if you're willing to show up and do the work every time, you you can knock it out the park. If I was able to to deliver photos every time, I, oh, you're going to have your photos in two weeks and they got them there in two weeks every time, I, I'd probably be a millionaire. Does it happen right. that way? No, because I am human and because everybody's human, you know, and the, and the reality is a lot of times your client realizes you're human, your, your, you know, your vendors realize you're human. People know, they know, like I, I just broke my arm. My client, my, all my clients are very aware. They like, all right, he broke his arm. Let's, let's give him time. And I appreciate it. I'm thank, thankful of it. Uh, and the reality is it's necessary, you know? Uh, and some of these bigger companies, you know, you don't have that human aspect because they take all of those liabilities away from you. They say, no, it needs to be done this this, this way or you're fired, period. They ain't no humanness to that. They they systematize everything. That's why it's, you know, successful the way it is. But when you work with some of these small businesses, you got to realize you're working with the person first. So, you know, just like you wake up sometime, you have a bad day or you don't feel like going to work, they feel the same thing too. And they don't have a staff to, to separate you from them. You're going to get whatever... <laughs> whatever's going on with them today, because that's who you're dealing with, that person. And so, yeah, we do try to keep it professional. Yes, you do put uh, put processes and things in place, but I mean, people are still people at the end of the day. So it's all about managing expectations and doing what you say you're going to do you know, every time. And that's what creates success. So you, you mentioning the process is really important because with me running uh, one of my one of the businesses I run is a travel business, and I know that for process purposes, um, I have to have I have to have a secure website for people to make payments because most of my trips are definitely they're gonna be paying in the thousands, and they gotta have an application and a terms and agreements and all of that, and that process it was tedious, but it was necessary. It was it was oh, necessary yeah, and it mattered. Um, and now that I have it in place, it's like, okay, now I, it's gratifying to know, okay, I have it in place. I'm good. So that when someone else is like, Hey, I want to pay, I want to go on a trip. I want to go to South Africa, whatever. All right, cool. I can direct you to my website. I know that you're going to get your confirmation email. I know you're going to get a follow-up email, whatever flow I have in place, whatever sales phone I have in place, that entire process is in place. And I think that's very essential. And a lot of new business owners, cause I was guilty of this myself rushing rushing it and rushing the system and not really getting certain things in place really do matter. And I, you know, I definitely hate to hear when people generalize black businesses. Um, like you said, I definitely hate when people do that, but um, I, 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 it's good to know that business owners like you and like every, a lot of others out there that we are well aware of. And, you know, like myself, we are making sure that we kind of set the standard that, that you can have a level of excellence um, when you're doing business with black business owners. So super important. I, I completely agree. So, so, Definitely. so, you know, I know a lot of memes circulate. So I like to talk about some of the memes that I see out there sometimes. And, you know, some people really kind of, what's the word? They really like focus on the fact that people that don't support them. Let's talk about that. So one thing I know that you do very well 
mm. is promoting yourself and marketing and you know you I know for a fact that there's going to be a Facebook post with you asking me to tag somebody that's getting married at some point I know that that's going to happen and the fact of the matter is the fact that that's in my head is a good thing for you because whether I know somebody's getting married right this today or tomorrow or next month or next year, when it does happen, I'm going to think about you because that's embedded in my head. So let's talk about like marketing skills and, and practices that are really important, especially when you want to um, build a brand, Mr. Brand responsibly. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, I think, you know, when it comes to branding responsibly, the, the entire reason behind, you know, brand responsibly was about intention, you know, intentionality. Uh, and I think that when it comes to your marketing, you have to be intentional about the audience that you're looking for, the audience that you're looking to connect with. Now, I think a lot of people rely heavily these days on social media. They rely heavily on things like, you know, click funnels and sales funnels and things like that. But the reality is for a small business owner, a lot of your business is coming from from one to one connections. They're coming from, you know, referrals. You know, I'm, I'm a little old school in that. So I actually had um, I'm a little old school in the sense that I was in, a, in an organization called uh, BNI when I very first you know, got out here in Dallas and they even did a little bit in Oklahoma. Um, that really put me on the map as far as how do you generate business? And the reality was it was asking for referrals. You know, um, I, I was talking to an influencer the other day and she kind of hit me to some game too. And I think a lot of people forget about is that you legit can go out here and talk to the people. You know, the one thing social media puts you in front of is other people. And those people have cash in their wallets that can potentially pay you money to do whatever you're, you're trying to do. But if you don't ask them for that money, they're not just going to come out here and give it to you willingly. And so I think that we think in a lot of ways that marketing is about, well, let me put these pictures up and these lifestyle blogs and let me, you know, get these, get these captions off with these hashtags and then the money's going to come. No, you still have to put in the footwork. So when you see me on social media, my follow I don't have tens of thousands of followers, but I bet I have tens of, tens of thousands of dollars. Tweet that. Tweet that. I don't have 10,000 followers, but I bet I got 10,000 dollars. But it's it's people who have tens of thousands of followers and have no dollars. So it's you know, what what do you want? Do you want fame, notoriety? Do you want, you know, likes and retweets and stuff? Or do you want cash? You know, and it's, so for me, I go out there and ask, you know, hey, who's getting married? Or I make some little funny story up about, you know, oh, if you take photos with me, then, you know, you get married in the next five years. Like all these little things that people are like, ha, 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 that's funny, that's cute. And it's not it's not even because I want the tags all the time. Sometimes it's because I want to be front of mind. Because the reality is a lot of times when I get, Re referrals for weddings it wasn't the people that were tagged in the status it were the people who were passing by the status they were scrolling their timeline and said oh that's funny ha 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 and went on about their business then a week later their homegirl got engaged and they thought to themselves oh i remember a guy because i saw something funny on facebook or oh, I, I thought about that status from a couple weeks ago oh you should go check him out here's his here's his instagram page here's his facebook and so then i get a dm or I get an a, a email that says, hey, my friend just told me about blah, blah, blah. I heard you were having a special, whatever, whatever. But the, the reality was I had to put that word of mouth out there. I had to market that myself. I could have paid for advertisements. I could have tried to do click funnels. Sometimes they work. Yes, sometimes they don't. And then I'm out of, you know, $300, $400, you know. So it really depends. It's a lot of ways you can get at it. But the biggest thing is foot traffic, getting out there and actually getting in front of the people. I joined a ton of organizations. I'm a part of the Garland Chamber of Commerce. I'm a part of Dallas-Fort Worth uh, Urban League Entrepreneur. And all of these things I do because I enjoy them, because I believe in the mission, but also because being present and visible in these spaces brings in clientele. You know, there, there's there's, uh, there's worth in all of these spaces. There's value in everything that you do. You know, going to church. When I was, you know, I'm when I was heavy in Concord, a lot of my fr uh, friends were, you know, working with me through Concord. They were coming to shoot headshots. And, you know, people say, people would say all the time, oh, I remember you were, I saw you at Concord doing photos for the, for the ministry. Oh, yeah. You know, that, I mean, that's, that's a byproduct of being present and being intentional, intentional about where you're placed with your craft. So if there's something that you're looking to sell, oh, I want to sell bracelets, you know, why not, why not pull up to, uh, you know, a, a tertiary store that's similar to your bracelets? Like, oh, I want to sell bracelets. Well, I know a clothing store, they don't sell any bracelets, but they sell clothes. Well, let me put a table at that clothing store and I'm going to sit out there on a Saturday and sell some bracelets. I bet you make some money. Oh, I want to be a wedding photographer. 
or well let me go to a wedding boutique you know a private wedding boutique and when her clients show up and get fitted for their dresses hey let me tell you guys about the special that we're having you know oh i want to sell you know um uh t-shirts what? okay well they're having a a pop-up shop at a, a juice bar, blah, 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 put a, put a table out. Like you have to put your boots to the ground where the, and it's the same in reality and digitally, you know, putting your boots to the ground on social media is more than just talking about it. It's about being about it, making it available out there, but staying consistent. Uh, the biggest thing that's helped my business. And, and the reason you say, say that data is not because I post a status about, you know, weddings once uh, every quarter or once a year, you're going to see that status almost every day. I'm saying something about it every day. Yeah, the reason you're gonna say I had a I had a uh, a coach tell me April Franks Hunt. She was like, people get it twisted thinking, oh, I'm gonna post this status and people are just gonna show up. I'm gonna make it available. People are gonna show up. People don't. You're not that important. People are not thinking about you. <laughs> you have to make it available every day. Think about the drug dealer. Drug dealers on the corner every day making somebody make sure somebody gets that product. The day he doesn't show up is the day that the, the clientele don't come. So if you want to get out here and get the money, sometimes you got to stand on the corner and you got to be out there. Here's my Facebook status. Anybody know anybody getting married every day? They probably don't know on Tuesday. They may not know on Wednesday or Thursday, but I bet on Friday, Saturday, somebody going to see that status and say, you know what? Let me call Rebecca and tell Rebecca to talk to Garen. If they, if for no other reason than to get him off my timeline, one of the other. <laughs> Correct. Yes. You are absolutely right. Like I absolutely right. Rather I have, you know, I'm really trying to get to that place where I am that consistent. I think that is definitely one of the things that I'm working on is that consistent, that level of consistency, I should say. But I can always, you know, appreciate um, the fact that you do it and you do it extremely well. And I so that I know it works, you know what I'm saying? And I've been in enough businesses to know that that level of consistency works absolutely all the time. And when you just mentioned, you know, just being present, and thing and being visible which is why you know anytime i'm out and about especially now with me being in dc i always have on my apparel i'm always gonna have something from my grind match line always 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 um and you know when and when people when i'm out <laughs> what are people saying people ask me oh where you get that from like actually this is mine i'm glad you asked let, and what I do, I've done this several times in an Uber, Lyft, wherever I'm at, in a bar. Actually, let me, where's your phone? You have your phone? Pull your phone out. And I take them right to my Instagram page, right to my website. I do all of that while I'm there. And I and I know that it works. You, I, I, when I started seeing orders coming in from people that I did not know, that's when I knew that things were changing for me and what the efforts I was putting, was putting in was really working. It's so funny you say that. I'm actually gonna steal that, steal that technique. Uh, I never thought about taking folks' phone and just going ahead and finding myself. <laughs> I'm gonna start doing that for my app. Um, but it's funny you say that because I actually was out at the barbershop the other day. One of my, one of the barbers was like, "Yo, that shirt is dope," and he was like, "Where you get that?" I was like, "Oh, you know, grindmatch.com. Yeah, go check it out." Blah, blah, blah. He was like, "Okay, bet." So you might gotta, you might get you a, a sale from me. Just wanted to put that out there that I'm supporting the business. We are here. Supporting I appreciate your business. Can you send me a picture of you in it? I, I really sure, appreciate I sure it. I sure I But that's what's up. Yeah, like that, you're right, though. Like that, that is definitely super, super important. And see, look, we learning from each other. Check us out. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but no, before we get out of here, um, I just really want to kind of close with what I do, which is called a mogul Mount Rushmore. So the four people that you would have in your Mount Rushmore that you kind of uh, look up to that inspire you in whatever way in business, four people dead or alive, go. Oh, man. Uh, four people in my mogul Mount Rushmore, um, dead or alive, man. I think, you know, first and foremost, I have to, um, it's funny, I want to be like, I want to put God in my Mount Rushmore because I feel like that's a super churchy thing to say. Uh, so yeah, he's, he's honorary in that Mount Rushmore, but, uh, first and foremost, I think I'd put my grandfather, um, in my, my mogul Mount Rushmore. My grandfather was the first black, uh, president of a bank in Oklahoma. And if anybody knows anything about Oklahoma, they know that's a big deal. <laughs> um, and, and he is still living. He's 87 years young. Um, and then ironically, wow. he's, uh, he's just, he's out here, you know, moving and chugging along. So I, I watched him growing up. 
um, owning multiple businesses. Just and the one thing he used to always tell me, he take me out to his house on the farm out in Spencer, Oklahoma. He showed me his wall of accomplishments, uh, and then he would look over me. And he would tell me, "You got to be better than me." And these some big, these some big accomplishments. I was like, I don't know what this nigga talking about, but <laughs> but we gonna make it work, you know. Uh, so so I I put him on the head of that Mount Rushmore man because he's really the reason I stand here today. Uh, and wanting to be an entrepreneur, he was that definitely the biggest influence in that. Uh, I think next on the the Mount Rushmore, uh, somebody I really really respect uh, when it comes to business, Diddy. I think that's somebody for a lot of people only because he's just a a dogged like unapologetic businessman like i'm gonna get at it i don't i I will admit i don't think i have that level of grind i've had an opportunity to work uh work around him i won't say with or next to but i've been been around him um and and just watching that man move is just like you can see somebody who's got fight fighting fire just in their eyes and and ready to go um and so i think that he would definitely be on that mount rushmore um uh, I, I would say two others uh, that are on my honestly. I you know this is gonna probably sound a little off, off but I would say Oprah. Um, okay. uh, and I and I think it's from that simple. It's because of influence. Oprah's always been very intriguing to me. I won't I won't say that I've I've always been the biggest you know fan or stand for her, uh, but I will say I've always had an eye on her just in the sense of it's watching somebody masterfully climb in their in their career and their passion and their business, you know, going from own network, going from, you know, from, from TV, <clears throat> they told her she couldn't be on TV at one point to going to own her own network, you know? And, and so I had an opportunity to hear her speak. Uh, I want to say last year was a blessing really uh, to be a photographer for that event and just watch her move in a room and manifest. It. And I was just like, yo, like this is, you know, this is goals, you know, to be able to, you know, I watched her get up on stage and raise one point, I think it was $1.4 million in less than an hour. Mm. Um, and, and like 500000 of it was her own. <laughs> uh, and that, and that was right. on top of some money she had already given. And so just seeing that firsthand uh, was was wildly influential for me um, on, on Mount Rushmore. Um, and then I think, um, you know, last and certainly not, not least, I would say on my Mount Rushmore would be my mom. Um, and I think it's because she showed me what tireless effort looks like. Um, and I think that she didn't, she did it in such a way where it wasn't intentional. She wasn't showing it to me to say, this is what you need to do. Uh, but she was showing me, she was showing me by doing, you know, she worked, you know, 40 hours a week, you know, with, with children, which is far just flabbergasting to me in in the medical field you know for me growing up my entire life she never complained about it she never questioned should is this what i should be doing but she knew it was it was what was necessary to to afford me the life i had you know we weren't you know we weren't living in luxury we you know but we were eating every day you know i was able to go to school private school with that and she worked hard to make sure i was in that thing um and so you know, she showed me what it it looked like to put in the work, you know, and then in doing that, she created expectation, not, not intentionally. My mom never told me, I need you to be successful. It was never, you know, it was, I, I want you to be successful. It was not, it was never a sense of, you know, you need to be this for me to be proud. Anything I could have done, my mom would have been proud of. But the reality was I, by watching her efforts, by watching her work, created an idea in my mind and created an expectation from what she put out there of myself to want to do more and to, to be more and to, to, to wow. So, you know, here just in the past couple of days, man, I had an opportunity to take my mom to see the first black first lady uh, of, of the United States of America, Michelle Obama you know, and to listen to Auntie Michelle. And I've had an opportunity to have my mom sit with me, which I didn't realize this was going to be you know, such a heart, a heartfelt thing, but it was for me to have her sit with me at my dinner for, for my 30th birthday and just enjoy and celebrate, you know, life uh, with, with friends because life is truly something to be cherished and something to be celebrated, you know, and, and having had a, an experience recently where I nearly lost that life, 
you know, it was it was good to have her in that space. But she's one probably one of my biggest influences and never even intended to be. Um, mm. no, never even tried to be. She was just living her life trying to provide the best for her son. But in that same way, she influenced me in so many ways for me to be the man that I am today. So so yeah, that would be my Mount Rushmore. My grandfather, Diddy, Oprah, and my mama. <laughs> That's what's up. Okay. I love it. That is beautiful. I love it. And it made you who you are today. So it's amazing. So man, this has been, this has been entertaining, inspiring, all of that. It's been good. It's been good, good. So you know what? The second time actually worked out. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. I hope they got something from this that they can use, (laughs) that they can take with them along the way, man. Be great out here. Absolutely. So where can we find you on social media and the internet? Well, y'all know y'all can find me on the internet uh, pretty much anywhere that you look. JCI Creatives is going to be Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, JCI Creatives, uh, jcicreatives.com. You can go on your iPhone, App Store, Google Play, JCI Creatives. We're in there as well. Uh, that, that'll have our full portfolio. You can call me right there from your cell phone. Um, and yeah, man, just come out and play with us. All right. That sounds good. You know, the next time I'm in Dallas, we definitely need to do a shoot. I need to schedule that hey, man. ASAP and make it happen. I ain't going nowhere, so come on through. All right, that's what's up, man. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. This has been great. Until next time, my brother. Yes, ma'am. I love you. This has been this has been good. Love you too. Peace and keep grinding. Thank you for put, creating this platform for for us young entrepreneurs out here, man. We really need more of this. Thank you so much. Are you done playing games and ready to get out of your own way? Good. Go to jadadavis.com today to join my village, download your free startup checklist, and schedule time to speak with me during a free strategy call or think tank. That's J-A-D-A-D-A-V-I-S.com. And as always, shut up, keep grinding.